Hey there. So this is video two for this weekend. This week's proper chapter by chapter recap, it covers Psalms 113 to Psalms 146. So we're getting caught up on our catch up of the scripture. It's gonna be great. We're so close, so close to the end of Psalms. And as much as I like the Psalms, I am really excited to be moving on. But uh, let's get into it for today. All right, so Psalm 113. It praises God for his amazing ability to reverse the fortunes of people. So God raises the poor from the dust. He gives children to the barren. The point here is that God can change the impossible. Psalm 114 discusses God's control over water. Speaking of impossible things, he alone is able to tame this force of nature, this force of life and death. And it specifically talks about how God split the Red Sea and he brought water from a rock in the desert. So Psalm 115 discusses how foolish idolatry is in light of the nature of God. Psalm 116 praises God for his power over death. Psalm 117 is super short. It's the shortest chapter, chapter in the Bible. And it says this, praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Psalm 118, by contrast, is quite intense. There's a storyline to it. There's a call and response involved. There's verses used in the New Testament to refer to Jesus. This is where we get um, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And uh, it's what the people at the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem were quoting when they called out Hosanna, meaning Lord save us, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's arranged alphabetically, and each letter of the Hebrew alphabet gets a paragraph or eight lines of text. So the main theme here is the usefulness and goodness of the word and law of God. Now, Psalm 120 to 134 are called the Psalms of Ascent. So they are meant to be sung by pilgrims on their way to the, to the Jerusalem temple for annual feasts. Now, Psalm 120 is a song of exiles wanting and longing to be free from evil people. Psalm 121 reminds the pilgrims of God's protection. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 122 is when the pilgrims have reached the gates of Jerusalem because it it says, our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. And then they pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 123 is a prayer for God's help to save them from contempt and ridicule. Psalm 124 praises God for the people's survival, for God rescuing them from, from their enemies. Verses 1 to 3 say, If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. Psalm 125 compares the fate of the righteous and the wicked. So the righteous have a place in God's eternal kingdom, but the wicked will not remain in God's kingdom. They'll be banished from the land. Psalm 126 recognizes the sad state of Israel, but also that God had saved them before, so the people needed to remain faithful. Verses 5 to 6 say, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. 
Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. So essentially, stay persistent in following God because it's worth it. Psalm 127 uses three images, building a house, guarding a city, and building a family. Verses 1 to 3 say, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. So this psalm draws out that God plays a major role in providing for people a place to live, a secure place to live, a family to carry on the name. So man obviously has a role, but without God, it means nothing and will come to nothing. Psalm 128 is a blessing for those who fear and obey God. Psalm, some, uh, excuse me, Psalm 129 pronounces curses on those who hate Zion or Jerusalem, the place where God has chosen to place his name. Psalm 130 recognizes that sin is, is a great barrier between mankind and God and that it requires God's forgiveness. Verses three to four say, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. Psalm 131 describes what life looks like when you put your hope in God. So things like this, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. I have calmed and quieted myself. Psalm 132 is a cry for God to either return the Davidic king to Jerusalem or to keep him established depending on when the psalm was sung. Psalm 133 emphasizes how God's people should be unified, and it links the anointing of the high priest, which should probably be seen as spiritual help, health, sorry, with the dew falling on Mount Zion, which should probably be seen as physical health, so spiritual health and physical health. Psalm 134 is the final psalm of ascent, and it's a call to worship for those who are serving in the temple. Psalm 135 repeats the key phrase of Psalm 134, which is praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who minister in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. And then it goes on to talk about how God is greater than all other gods or idols. Psalm 136 is a call and response song. So the temple Levites may have split into groups for this. There are different calls. For example, the first one is, give thanks to the Lord for he, has, for he is good. And the response throughout the Psalm is always the same. His love endures forever. Psalm 137 was written by the Babylonian exile. So it's a lament and also a call for justice. The exiles want Babylon to be destroyed in the same brutal way that Babylon had destroyed them. Now, ultimately, God will decide. Psalm 138 is a Davidic psalm. So it comes from a much earlier time than the Babylonian exile, but it's really appropriately placed because the theme is praising God in the presence of the false gods of the nations. So its placement may be drawing a parallel to the current exile of Israel and Judah and the time when David was exiled by Saul. 
Psalm 139 sees David reflecting on the all-powerful, all-knowing nature of God. He asks God to lead him in the way everlasting. Psalm 140 is a prayer for deliverance. So it asks for deliverance, declares trust in God, and then asks for judgment on the wicked. In Psalm 141, David talks about how his enemies have been hunting him like an animal. So David prays that even under this pressure of being hunted, that he will remain faithful to God. He asks God to guard his mouth, essentially so that he won't lie like the enemy. He asks that his heart wouldn't be drawn to what is evil. And he asks that God would put righteous people in his life to correct him. Verse 5 says this, let a righteous man strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. Psalm 142 is a Davidic Psalm. Uh, this time David feels trapped. He's hiding out in a cave and is in need of rescue. Psalm 143 is a cry of David for God to rescue him from his enemies. Now, David also acknowledges his own sin, and he asks for God to teach him to do God's will. Psalm 144 praises God as the one who gives victory to kings. It presents what a healthy relationship between king and God should look like. Psalm 145 is the last Davidic psalm in the entire book. And again, it exalts God as the only true king. It describes God in many ways. So worthy of praise, great, glorious, gracious, compassionate, trustworthy, etc. And it ends with this. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. And finally, for today, Psalm 146, we're so close. <laughs> Psalm 146 is essentially a call to put your trust in God rather than in any human being, whether it's a king or an average person. All right, guys, we're almost through the Psalms. Four more left. Pop any comments or questions down below. And until next week, happy reading and studying. Thank you so much for watching. We want to keep producing high quality biblical content, but we can't do it without your support. If you feel called to support us, please click the link in the description under donate. Your support really means a lot to us.